Welcome back to the Griffin Review. I'm Matt. Uh, and I'm Grante. And today we're doing another outdoor show. It's so I got some coffee. What do you got? I have a little bit of uh, Gatorade and water, and it is delicious. <laughs> nice. <laughs> got to stay hydrated these days. Mm. What, what's our bodies made of? Like 99%? No, 90% water. No, it's actually like 65, 68%. It's, it's a lot lower than people would normally think. More than half, though. Yeah, more than half. So that's so it's that's all, why water, damn, the stuff of life. <laughs> Riveting conversation. Isn't it? Yeah, but it's, it's true. It's, it's always important to stay hydrated, and electrolytes help you stay hydrated better than just drinking water normally would. Yeah, I swear we're not even doing an ad for any kind mm. of, like, drink company. We're just talking about no. electrolytes. No, we're just saying, like, if you, if you feel dehydrated, if you feel, if you feel sick to your stomach like I do right now, a little bit of lemonade, a little bit of Gatorade, a little bit of soda with mostly water is a really good way to just calm your stomach down. So, anyways, well, hopefully you guys are feeling better than I am. <laughs> well, man, Matt, as, uh, appreci- uh, thank you for being a trooper and making it to the show today. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. We have to get one in this week. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have least. it any other way. I know we've got busy schedules and I know things are getting busier, so it's, it's always good to make sure we can cut out some time to, to be productive. Exactly. So, um... One of the topics kind of had for Griffin Review today is, I just had it written down as tabula rasa. I'm trying to remember what my conversation about it was, but I know that it started with asking you what you think, what, what's your, could you define that for us? I'm for, I do not know what tabula rasa is. I have not heard that term before in a long time. Okay. Let me rephrase that. I've heard that term before. It's just been a long time. In, in the, so just in the blank slate, not in the artist mentality. Yeah so much as maybe mass media like i know that we're we usually talk about geopolitics and this is a bit of a crossover but what could you that its effect on media to where what can you show people um to what they haven't seen which is in context will allow this to be believable does that kind of make sense so like what is the proof that's necessary to get somebody engaged or what's the lack of other contextual evidence, which would give someone a clear picture of the lie that might be being told, such that oh. they don't have enough information to know that it's a lie and they'll believe right through it. Right. Isn't that wild? So the tabula rasa is just perceiving the subject, not as shaving down what they might already know, but trying to build up what they know about this topic. So it's, it's an educational aspect. It's trying to educate somebody about a specific thing Starting from square one, or deciding, yeah, de- 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 deciding what that pattern looks like. I find that interesting to me, and and, and wanted yeah. to ask if you've seen that kind of not to be conspiracy theorist, but any kind of uh, geopolitical strategies that involve that type of deception. As far as I can tell, when it comes to geopolitical strategies and prop- propaganda, especially under this you know tabula rasa model that you're talking about. It really comes down to something. I, I think the best example is something we've talked about before on this podcast, which is the Saudi Sports Initiative. Okay. Right? Saudi Arabia is trying to export its cultural hegemony via a path of look at how cool our sports teams are. Look at these stadiums that we're building. Look at how engaged we are. Look at how successful we are in sports. And that's really appealing to a lot of European clientele. Europeans, Mm -hmm. something that Americans don't think about is Europeans care as much, if not more, 
about sports than Americans do. Yeah, that's kind of true. Sports in general. Sports in general, especially football, but sports in general. Football. <laughs> I think what you were saying earlier about the Saudi government, that all that spending, all those different things that you listed are all ways of saying, look at us spending money. They want right. to show that they have that. And that's, Especially to a global audience. Might be a superpower. Yeah, I think... So... To put it to put it bluntly, there's be blunt, yeah. <laughs> it's a very successful means, but it also falls off pretty quickly. It doesn't last forever. Okay. There's only so far you can you can push the sports package because people inherently are not going to make decisions that are going to impact their lives and the lives of their families and their lives of their future generations based on how they feel about a specific sports team. No. It's an introduction. So the whole point of, I think, the Saudi operation in this front is to get people invested in Saudi Arabia. It's yeah. not a long-term solution. It's a short-term solution to get people to change their opinions about Mohammed Bonesaw. Sorry, yeah, bin the, Salman. To keep interest in that region. Right. After oil. You know they made that and movie After Earth? They need to make a movie called After Oil. <laughs> oh, I'd be interested to see how that turns out. It's. It would probably be a... Almost the hangover type comedy, adventure comedy, of people <laughs> going to the Middle East in Saudi Arabia, yeah. in the, the big cities, like mega cities they've built up. Yeah. What does life look like after oil? Entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we just got really deep with that. Because <laughs> uh, last time you were talking about artificial intelligence yeah. and uh, how, how so many jobs are going obsolete. It's, it's scary, but it's also something that should just give us pause for the way I think you can look at it. And, and, and I'll summarize, summarize my, my main takeaway very quickly here, is that the most important thing isn't making sure that your job will be secure for the next 100, 200, 300 years. Uh -huh. That's an impossibility. You can't make sure that your job is going to be secure for that long of a period of time. It's just it's too much to ask. You can make sure your job is more secure than your coworkers, but that's sure. about the extent of what you okay. can do. Shoot. So the way of, of looking at it is you don't have to be better, you don't have to be the, the top of your field in order to continue on over the next 5, 10, 15 years. You just have to be, if you're running from a bear, you have to be slower than the fat kid. That's the situation for AI, is Do don't have, be the first person out the door. Do you have to outsmart the AI? No, you can't outsmart it. It's not... It's, when the AI is beating you at something, you're never going to take the winning ticket back. As soon as Bobby Fischer I think lost to, in chess to an AI, humans could no longer win. L let me comment on that. Yeah. I think that um, sectors or tasks that I see AI beating me in, I yeah. would immediately shift to more of a management role. 100%. Just see that it gets done. And if you have the option to start working towards management roles in any career outlook that you have, do that now. Because then you can automate the management of it. But the management will come... You can, a, you can automate the management, but the management outsourcing, the outsourcing of the management position is something that will happen in the next 10, 20 years, not the next one to 10 years. So you don't need to buy yourself all the time in the world. You just need to buy yourself enough time to get past this first push, this first purge of jobs. You think there's going to be multiples? 
oh, I do think there's going to be multiple purges as each successive generation of AI absorbs more and more human labor. What do you mean by successive generation? Will, will we see releases? I know that they had ChatGPT 3 and then yeah. ChatGPT 4, similar to that? I think they'll have releases like that, but I think every release, as there's a larger and larger body of information that ChatGPT is addressing, like you say, change is exponential. Sure. Right. The the, the it's it's lo- it's a logarithmic scale, not a natural log, an actual logarithmic scale. That being the case, it's going to spiral out of control very quickly. Yeah, because I haven't seen much notable improvements yet. ChatGPT three came out, and it was that was the big one that was announced, and it was pretty cool. I yeah. had a pretty interesting leveling up of my internet familiarity that day. But then ChatGPT four came out, and I was not too interested. It didn't no. do much more. So until it reaches that critical point on the logarithmic scale, mm-hmm. that will surprise us. Right, but that's what I'm I saying. There's, yeah. there's going to be a successive generation where the makers of ChatGPT don't just leave it up to their, their subscribers to figure out what they're going to do with it, but actually make inroads make their own moves, yeah. as to saying, hey, you know, it's really cool that Boeing has 100,000 employees, but Boeing, if you hire us, we can cut 90% of those. They're they're about to be like the most hated people in the business world. In the world. Because they're going to, they can cut something like maybe 50% of jobs in the next 10 years, maybe another 50% of the remaining jobs in the following 10 years. So I'm saying don't worry about trying to survive the 20 years, worry about surviving the 10 year. And without so much work being in humans' hands, what's life after well, that the, world, it, and the first thing that comes to my mind is just entertainment. You, yeah. it, it's everywhere. It's more pervasive than ever. It controls a significant portion of of natural wealth. It's it's entertainment. Wealth. But I would imagine, you know, the the people who really suffered as the first American pioneers were quite literally the first American pioneers. The people who went to the West first. Generally West. died. Yeah. Like if we're being honest, it sucked. You don't want to be the first people landing on Mars. You don't want to be the first, but you wouldn't mind being the second or third group. Not at all. Or maybe even the tenth. Exactly. Because you're still you you still have the early mover advantage, but you don't have to have the real sucky job of being a pioneer. Out and of three, I'd, or out of ten, I'd want to be number three. Yep. Out of a thousand, I'd be okay with number ten. <laughs> Exactly. You want to be, if you're in the top, I think if you're in the first 10%, at it, when, you, when you start hitting 1,000, 10,000, 100,000, if new, you're in the first 10%, you're happy. New, um, we're talking about like first mover advantage in yes. business terms. So if but you're using land grabbing as an analogy. Yeah. That's what, I, that's kind of the way I look at AI. As long as, as long as you're not in the first wave of job losses, you'll be fine because whatever, whatever, those first people who lose their jobs, whatever path they pioneer, will be followed by the people and improved upon by the people who are losing their jobs in the next batch and then in the next batch. But watch someone else be unemployed before you try to do it. What about the guy, Elon, an Elon Musk pseudo type, Mm -hmm. just like a really fired up, inspired can-doer. But imagine he's one of the first movers and just iterates on each loss suddenly speeds away yeah. and takes all the market share. I don't think he, I don't think he can take all the market share. No, not Elon in particular, no. but in any and in, in any person first mover advantage scenario. I'd, I'd imagine yes. Probably the the person who's going to 
take over the world is going to be truly the first, first mover. I got bad news for you, Grant. That's not you and that's not me. I'm not saying that we're not impressive people in our own rights, but I'm not Elon Musk. I'm, and I, and I, you know, I don't want to be Elon Musk. Sure. It's, that's a lot of stress. That's a lot of hassle. And so if you want to be truly a first pioneer, I think it's the same mindset of people who want to be Navy SEALs. It's the kind of person who says, I understand that the fail rate for Navy SEALs is 75%. Nevertheless, I want to be in that one quarter of people who actually gets through the program, who gets through BUDS and becomes a Navy SEAL. It's the championship mindset. It's the championship mindset, but you know what? Not everybody needs to have a championship mindset. There's only so many things to champion. That's true. And so would you rather be one of the pioneers who discovers Kentucky and has you know your name memorialized for the rest of time, or and, and by my add, if you if you decide to be one of those pioneers, you have like a ninety nine percent chance of dying of dysentery in the middle of the forest. Or would you rather be in the second group of people, still have almost all the same advantages of the first group, just you know not die a terrible death? Yeah, I think I'd rather the second group. So I appreciate that there's the first mover is probably going to be a champion. Cool. Good for them. Maybe it's a low percentage. It's actually. a low percentage, even still. But that's why this is why I'm not concerned about being in the second group. Just don't, just don't be the first experimental group. That's fair. <laughs> so with your job, you know, if you're going to lose your job in 20 years because AI makes us all useless, fine. Whatever. It'll happen before then. I'm it'll just it'll you. <laughs> happen before that then probably. But just don't lose your job this year to AI. Yeah. What about the term? The it was like that was thrown around a lot from like 2020 to 22 of like essential workers people are like i'm an essential worker well the idea is despite a disaster you still need to be you still need to do your job or else the gears of society stop turning yes now granted was every essential worker really essential Hmm. no we could argue back and forth on that very little no (laughs) there are there are a lot of people in this very office complex who would have called themselves essential workers who were in no way, shape, or form... Necessary to the fulfillment of the requirements of the job. No. You could probably run Peripheral. society on 10% of people. Maybe 20. T- 10 is very low. Yeah, you, you, you need a bit of... There's so few people that actually do work. And there's so many fields that could be replaced, like gotten rid of entirely. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Like what? I'm thinking, like, if you had to just keep society alive, you're probably not super concerned about environmental degradation for the minute. No, if there was one industry that tomorrow you were like, AI, God powers, I'm going to upgrade your industry with AI, and now this industry is obsolete. Accounting. I'm sorry, guys. I, I know we riff on accountants a lot here, but there's what's the point? what's the point of accounting when data analysis, data analytics can be done by an AI without bias better. Now you have to know the, ta- the, the whole tax code and the entire program that you're using to log stuff with. Yeah. But if you can do that well, if you can manage it well, then you will wield a fantastic power in yeah. the world of AI. You will. But don't, like, don't do its tasks, but do oversee the doing of the task. You're you're asking a lot of people, and I think the problem is like if you ask me, just like what what industry gets wiped out tomorrow, it's it's probably accounting. It's probably accounting. <laughs> no, you, um, you were talking about like paralegals. Oh yeah, le- le- oh, legal work in general is so easy on the internet. It's so easy. It's, <laughs> it's basically as soon as as soon as AI can operate 
at the level of LexisNexis. You don't need about half of the lawyers you currently have employed anymore. Wait, wait, wait. That's totally doable today. Yes, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why Goldman Sachs is already doing this. Oh, boy. Go Goldman Sachs. Yeah. But, like, major, major legal teams are already getting rid of a lot of their staff for AI because the AI just does the research better than humans. Yeah. I'm not saying this to say, like, humans are terrible. No, humans were the best machinery out there until a few years ago. Sure. And then, you know, we stopped being. That the universe has produced. Yeah. The most complex, for sure. Yeah. Should we take a break? Take a break. All right. We're back with the Griffin Review. It's good to be back. September 13th here today. (laughs) I'm going to say what time of day it is. My boss probably thinks I'm at my desk. (laughs) So it's before five. Yeah. Wow. For those of you watching on YouTube, joining us today on YouTube. uh, Hey, something I wanted to ask you about for a while, because you represent the brand sometimes. Yes. Is uh, the brand 2019. And I'm just trying to figure out what direction it may want to go next. And we work together a lot. Absolutely. I don't know if you have input. It's worth saving. I know that. I I think your point with 2019 is you, if if we're being honest, in this last cycle, you had one winning design that won brilliantly. What was it? The Netflix with, I'm wearing the cap right now. I'm not sure if you guys can see it. Oh, I thought you meant an article of clothing. No, 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 no. But one winning design that you put on an article of clothing. Sure. It was a pack of cigarettes with a Netflix symbol on it. If it was, you're watching on YouTube, you can see it on screen right here. Yep. And it is it is really good. It's it's brilliant actually. None not uh, your other designs didn't succeed quite as well as that one. No, it was a lot of shitty art. There's a lot of shitty art. <laughs> Just come you, out and say it. But to be fair, you know, a lot of art is shitty and then once in a while you hit it like a diamond in the rough, like a brilliant idea and it explodes from there. Iteration. Iteration. So what I'm saying is you found something that works. Be your own AI. So the way, the, and I know we're going back to the same discussion here, but the way AI worked for a long time mm-hmm. is you would ask an AI to discern, CGP Grey has a video on this, to discern between threes and Bs. The AI has to look, look at a bunch of pictures uh, and figure out what is a three and what is a B. Mm-hmm. And if the more it gets right, what you do is you take that AI you kill off all of its siblings, and then you reproduce that AI and make minor adjustments. Just the ones that were right together. It's it's basically sped up evolution. Yeah. You don't know how the AI figures out these answers. The AI doesn't know how it figures out but these answers. But you know that this is right, and we want to duplicate it. So how it's do a, you... It's like digital evolution. Exactly. So I'm saying take your art and do the same kind of a thing. Start with what you already know that works, and evolve out of that. Yeah, because this is a vibe to this design, obviously, yep. which resounds with the audience, resounds with society, I think. I, I would agree. So I, I love that logo, by the way. So the question is, what do you think about that logo resonates with society? You have to identify the specific concepts that are identified there, that are, that are within the logo, and then you have to replicate that across future art. Yeah. So you can figure out what resonates, how it resonates, and how I can replicate that. That's awesome. Uh, thank you, my friend, for your input about some art. Just throw it out there. Now let me flip the conversation. Yeah. Or not flip it, but say, what do you think about the clothes? Because you've worn some of those, and I think I had three good hits. Dude, the cargo pants. I'm going to say a shout-out to Tony for t- making me wear cargo pants or suggesting them so many times. 
Do the cargo pants work? The one shirt that has like the checkers mm-hmm. pattern, that agree. one's good. That's that's a great shirt. But what, again, what you're finding is you're finding there are con- there are a few things that really work, and rather than trying to make the things that didn't work work, just work from those few oh. uh, uh, options. Throw and, them and and evolve from there. Tra- trash those you, other ones. You know, people love caps. S- sunk costs. People love the caps. Oh, I, I still love the. I'm still wearing it. Hats and bags. Hats, the bags would sell. Hats sold. Bags sold. Your those shirts like you're finding those shirts with the checkered pattern, and the cargo shorts. That's four no, things. Cargo right pants. There. Car- cargo I pants. I don't think I'd endorse cargo shorts yet. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> The golfer in you has not come to life yet. No, not yet. No. That, that's almost too ratty. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, nevertheless. And those business pants. Right. Slacks. Um, so the way to look at your artwork is not that it's bad. Sure. It's that it's good. You, you hit gold. You struck, a, you struck a gold vein. Now stop digging anywhere else and dig on that vein. Yep. Same thing with your what clothing options you go for. You found the vein. Now dig on that vein. What do you think about the intellectual property behind it? Because many of those, especially the winning designs thus far, uh-huh. I've, I've tokenized and I've put, put them on their own little blockchain. Well, that, and I don't see value there unless, like, one, let's understand, mm-hmm. art is valueless yeah. at its very base. It's like the people's deciding. Right? Yeah. And thus, man, I don't want to go on to an NFT talk. That's the last thing I want to do here. Yeah. But art is inherently, uh, artist's value is interpretive. That's the point of art, is sure. it has an interpretive degree of value. I get a lot more of Dostoevsky out of the, the, more than the vast majority of people. Sure. And probably people get more out of Tolstoy than I ever would. It doesn't mean that that art doesn't speak, to, is, is more magical for one person than another. It just means we all have our own intrinsic value structures that are influenced by the art. Can I ask, how do you prepare for a book or a reading session to get more in tune with the author? Like, you say you get more out of Dostoevsky because I know there's a mentality of you understand. Do do you share that with any other authors? So, when I am, and and I'll say this honestly, when I am not in the mood, I don't read. I don't make myself read because I will not get much out of reading a chapter, two, three, four, five chapters, unless I am in the mindset to receive emotional, spiritual, intellectual input. To connect with the book. To connect with, yeah. and, and with the author. So sometimes I'll be down to read Dostoevsky. Sometimes I'll be down to read um, Mark Twain. You know, sometimes I'll be down to read any number of authors because those authors speak to me. Yeah. And sometimes I'll be down to, instead of reading a book, maybe I'll want to listen to, to opera. Maybe I'll want to listen to Tannhauser. Maybe I'll want to listen to Kanye West. <laughs> you know, every, you're always in a mood for something different because you're going to get something different from that mood. I, I know that sounds cir- circular, but you know what I'm trying to get across. I do. Do you classify, like, uh, read media like a book with watched media like a show or a podcast or a movie it's all fulfilling that satisfaction to me it all has the same point of contact your Mm. brain right whether it's whether it's a movie whether it's a podcast hi guys um whether it's in one year working you're reading and another year being entertained you're watching i think reading is still entertainment i think it's a sort of passive entertainment i think it's productive entertainment but even so, you could say the same thing about an educational documentary. Sure. You could say the same thing about um, 
influential music. You could say the same thing about most things. I think the only reason that, you know, adults sometimes be like, oh, those darn kids listen to their rap music is because they just, the value isn't there for them. So to them, it's a valueless proposition. For you, for me, it's not. Mm. I'm not saying I'm a rap connoisseur, but every person has value-added inputs in their life. Sure. So figure out what yours are. Yeah. Now, back to your art. Um, the, the reason... Uh, or, sure. Well, the reason why, why I'm equating all of this to your art is what is the value that you can add to other people's lives by way of your art? Well, it's like branding. You can make logos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of about it. Yeah, you, you, you can <laughs> the make, life of the contemporary artist where AI exists. You can make logos, but you can also ensure comfort. You can choose quality products. That's true. Here, here's what you do. Either one, you find industrial buildings or hospitals or offices and just fill their spaces with art that is pointless, but it pacifies the atmosphere, makes it feel like the building it should be in. Hospital art is unique. Office art is usually just like nothingness, but they need to hang something on the wall. Have you ever been in like the Irvine Company Towers? They just need to fill it. Exactly. So one is that route. That's like the industrial route. The other one is just homes. Find people with money that you know who are buying a home and they need to decorate it. Right. Or they just want to buy a piece of art. But that's not where the big money is made. That's where connections are made. The big money is made in shows. Yeah, I was about to say. When you take the stuff, like you said, that you have iterated upon, Mm -hmm. the fourth version of this one piece, uh, you put up in a couple buildings and this one's better than the last one and the frame on this one was more expensive, but they bought it. Yeah. So you can add that on as a cost. I, so it's worth it. I think you're identifying, though, the whole point of, of 2019 clothing is that you're trying to get feedback and iterations. And the feedback that feedback, you're getting... Feedback, baby. The feedback that you're getting is, do people want to buy this thing? Because people... people and I, I'm saying this to everybody here, not just you. People will always want to blow sunshine up your skirt to make you feel good about yourself. Whoa, when they are what? willing to, When they are willing to financially invest in you that is an implication that they believe in the work you've produced That's so when, when people are willing to buy this hat it is an indication that they believe in your product and art's a bit of a shortcut to that so you'll hear any number of people who think oh that's so cool but if they're not going to buy it it's not how they actually feel uh-huh. they think it's cool like your friend's dog whose mouth is all who, like mouth is always open and his tongue hanging out. Oh, he's such a smart boy. You know, obviously that dog is working with a few screws loose, but you're not going to say that to your friend. You're going no. to still say yes. something nice. Yeah. That to me, the fact that you are selling your product is giving you honest feedback. No. Right there with you. It, it, it is. In, in the feedback of what works. And particularly, here's a great feedback loop as you're listening to this customer, because I wear my own clothes that I produce, yep. and some of them are good, some of them are bad. Like, some of them are actually bad. Yeah. They just don't fit, and it's all over the place, but some of them are good, they're comfy. And I, I don't think it's possible to have success, though, without a lot of iterations of failure. Feedback loops is an important term. Let's, can we talk about that Please for a do. second? Please do. Do you find ways to in, like integrate feedback loops? Oh, yeah, talk to people. <laughs> like, like, that's by far the best way people. to integrate feedback loops are, are people. Wow. Mm, we might be being surpassed by that soon. I mean, hope, hope, yeah. hopefully not. Let's pause. We have a pedestrian. Oh, yeah, no worries. 
So, what was that feedback? Feedback loop? loops by people. Yeah, but that might be being, sur- be being surpassed soon. I have sensors on like all the machines that I oversee, like here and at work, and the f- instantaneous feedback loops through those. It's just every time I set a new one up, it gets easier to put a feedback loop yes. on equipment and machines. The thing to remember about machines, though, and AI and all that other stuff, is that oftentimes it can only make qualitative yes-no assessments. It's hard for it to make quantitative assessments. Yes. So, for, for the record, qualitative is, is kind of a black and white assessment. Is something, do you think... That is it working my, or isn't it? Is it working? Is it not? Is do you enjoy this podcast? Yes, no. Do you like fruit in your salad? Yes, no. Like there, there, there are That's yes or no. depends question right there, my that friend. You would say that, but even still, a qualitative response that you're looking for is yes, no. A quantitative would say yes, but maybe only on twenty percent of it, or yes, but only if it's in summer, or yes, but only if it's with the right with the right company with the right people in the right environment. There's a third one, which is the easiest to do on sensors, and that is this analog, on or off, yes, yes. yes or no. And I get what you were saying at with the two that you were saying, but those each have a bit of debate. This one, like if I see that, I can look down and see, oh, these printer, on. Okay, it's on. Well, no, the point, that's a qualitative assessment. Analog is qualitative by nature because it's a yes or no answer. Is it on, is it off? Fair enough. And, no, no I, I, I agree because that, to, to, that's the point that I'm trying to make is that those feedback loops are still more important with people than they are with machines because people will give you more nuanced answers. That's fair. They'll give you a lot more qualitative. When, when you try to ask ChatGPT, you know, to write a justified answer for XYZ topic, it'll give you a pretty cookie-cutter response. It'll tell you what it thinks is the right answer, and if you ask it to write another right answer, it'll write you something pretty similar to the first. Yeah. I kid you not, one of my coworkers made a whole slideshow that he presented with, like, the chat GPT. Yeah. It was not even, like, well hidden. It was stock photos yeah. easily. And that's, that's the problem, is that it's, it's, it feels soulless because it is. I don't, I didn't feel bad about it because I know that he's spending, I trust this guy, yeah. he's spending his time, like, elsewhere being productive. Of course. I'm not, I'm not putting down people who use ChatGPT, and I'm not saying ChatGPT is bad. I'm saying you shouldn't depend on it to receive feedback loops because it can't give you qualitative, nuanced answers. Oh, I, okay. I that's see. All, that's all I'm saying. That's the moral of the story today. Don't yeah. rely on ChatGPT for qualitative. And fortunately, feedback. lawyers aren't qualitative. That's why I'm saying screw lawyers. <laughs> we are not saying that. I'm but saying I that. Kind of am. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I don't think we have any ads to do today. No. We've done enough branding of this 2019 thing. We have, but nevertheless, what I, what I would like you to do and, and your audience as well is go to 2019 Clothing and let Grant know what are products that you are actually interested in. What, what are designs that you appreciate? Well, designs that we need feedback. Well, I know it's hats and bags right now. People well, like the hats and bags. You know it's hats and bags, but what I, what I think I, w- I would love to see you do, Grant, and I'm, I'm putting this on a podcast to make sure that you do it. Oh, feedback is, loop. Here we go. Is I would love to see you make digital designs, 10 or 15 digital designs, based on the iteration of the designs that you know have already worked. The Netflix logo with the cigarette. You know, tap into those same emotions, those same visceral emotions, and try to replicate that in some new, fresh designs. Just practice. Yep. And then post them online and get feedback. I get so inspired when I hear the people recommending just practice. Right. Well, most of the time, people are trying to, and you ask, how can I get this better? They're trying to sell you something. 
But at the end of the day, what's necessary is that iteration. I just think you need to find your golden, your, your golden, you've already tapped into something good, dig there and make more iterations based on that initial input. You already have one thing that succeeded. How can you make more things that are based around that? That's true. So what do you, off the top of your head, what is a design that you can imagine that's related to the, to the uh, Netflix with a cigarette package? Uh, I don't know, something like Facebook with like a dream state or something. Yeah, like, like, like Me- a, or, or like a sitting and watching like a bunch of memories. That's what Facebook is, it's memory dope, it's dopamine yeah. from memories. Yeah. That. Instagram is dopamine from new stuff. And if you can find a way to put that into an art form, I think that'd be successful. I think you could put Instagram as in like, like a like a make it a plastic, like a like a plastic credit card with an Instagram label. I'd have something to do with cocaine. Or or yeah or I mean yeah it's, a, it's cre- a gram. A credit card has something to do with gram with yeah. like a. No, like like having like I, I'm just just imagining this now, like an actual credit card with like like the barcode on the bottom, the Instagram logo logo in the top, and then on the bottom a little bit of white powder. Oh man! So you get both sides. It's 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 financial and it's just it's We're just coke. I'm gonna have to take that recommendation and run. Right, but but this, but this is my point: is you've already tapped into something that works. You already know what resonates with people because we're having a common human experience. So how do you export that into more and more thoughts and ideas and 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 grow it? Right on. I'm looking forward to seeing what you make. Yeah, more to come. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the show today. Thank, Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you. And uh, I've been Matt. I've been Grant. Grant. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with Grant. <laughs> and check out thegriffinreview.com. Yep. Um, I think we have these all on my channel on YouTube. Yes, but there is a podcast. What you, I hope you're listening to, uh, to it right now on Spotify. And I think it's on Apple Podcasts now. Yep. So... Thanks for watching. Catch you next time.